to this special edition of the three technique where we're starting to talk a little bit not completely outside of the realm of college football but the next step for a lot of these guys that we've loved watching over the last few years it's time for some nfl draft talk and mitch you have kind of been our nfl draft czar over here at three tech headquarters um dude that's a full-time job how has it been looking into these prospects what does it feel like to be just um, an ordained NFL draft expert. <laughs> uh, I'm far from an expert, but yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a ton of, it's a ton of work. Um, I wouldn't do this if I didn't love doing it. You know, this is my second full season doing kind of draft coverage. I um, covered it when I was in school and did a bunch of write-ups and mock drafts. And since then, you know, like I'll, I'll pay attention to it. I'll do mock drafts. I've just, haven't had a platform to publish it. Now with the three tech, obviously we've, we've got that platform. So, you know, I'm, I'm working on top hundred player rankings, position breakdowns, I'm working on a mock draft right now. I've got 71 players graded right now. Um, and, you know, would love to, would love to watch film on double that number. I'd love to, to be able to chat um, pretty casually about the top 150. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, effort going into um you know getting getting home from work and then just diving right in and throwing film on while i'm cooking dinner or something like that but i tell you what it's a ton of fun and uh, I'm, I'm glad to share it with you well and it's so exciting to see i mean we've gotten to watch these guys some of these guys grow up since they were freshmen even high school recruits some of them you know bursting onto the scene as four or five star recruits following the recruiting process following their development and now it's just so fun every spring to follow along Look at the team building process for the NFL because it's so different from college, right? And just see, you know, I feel like every year there's some guys coming out in the draft that I feel like if I was an NFL GM, I'd be all over just as a fan of college mm-hmm. football. But then they fall to the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And you're just like, wow, what are we, you know, what are we watching? But it just takes a different set of eyes, right? And it's a different set of eyes watching what's going to translate to uh, the NFL level. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you think jumps out to you on tape before we get into specific positions? What jumps out to you on tape that's kind of like a red flag for somebody? Just overall prospect. I know that's probably a position specific question, but yeah. what are some red flags that jump out that make you say, huh, this guy might not, he might be way better of a college player than he is an NFL player? I think love of football is probably the first one, right? Like you got to have a high motor to win at the NFL level there. It's very rare that you can have a guy who doesn't have a high motor win at the college level, but we see it every year. There are guys that come out, um, whether they're juniors or seniors that that come out and uh, you know, their, their tape for the most part is going to wow you. They're going to have splash plays, but you know, every kind of fifth rep, 
it's like they take a vacation. If the ball's mm-hmm. not on their side, um, they're they're taking the playoff. They're not hustling. They're not shoring up that backside. You know, I think one of the biggest red flags for me in a position that I love to watch is cornerback. You know, corners aren't interested in tackling. If uh, if you've got a little bit of Trayvon Diggs disease, where you just kind of kind of throw a shoulder at somebody and you know not not see it all the way through, like I know that corners aren't asked to tackle very often, right? And you're going to see NFL teams take corners because of their coverage ability and their speed and their size. But just across the board, like if if I've got a guy who's not interested in playing football and only wants to play parts of the game. You know, that that sends up a red flag for me. And yeah, I think as we get into positions, um, specifically, there are going to be more red flags. Like today, we're talking quarterbacks and running backs. And I don't know if I'm going to anger some people with my quarterback takes, or maybe folks out there are going to are going to agree with me. Like where I have Will Levis slotted is not what all the draft services are telling us. And I know you and I have talked about this. Like, I don't get it. I don't. I just don't get it. Um, so we'll get into that uh, as we break down quarterbacks. Well, yeah, that's a great natural transition because I think if you look at the past two quarterback classes, I think you definitely rate the 2023 class better than last year's. Yeah. Last year's, I think, is full of a lot of those guys that you just look at them like great college player. I'm thinking of Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, mm-hmm. um, Malik Willis, all those guys, you know, great college quarterbacks. But that you put them on the NFL stage and I think, maybe you'd say Kenny Pickett has had the best results so far. And even those aren't necessarily stellar. So as we jump into this 2023 quarterback class, I mean, the top two consensus are CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. I think they've kind of been pointing to those two for the last two or three years since they kind of burst on the scene. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you want to debate those guys, number one versus number two, that's totally fine. Where do you see that next tier starting? If you want to speak a little bit about CJ and Bryce, that's totally fine. But yeah, where do you? I think most people would be more interested in that next year. Yeah, I think the only intrigue with where that cutoff between the elite quarterbacks and then maybe the next, the next step down is what defines a first round quarterback in this draft, right? Because Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are expected to be gone. I think by the top seven picks, right? By the by the time the Falcons roll around you should have those first two quarterbacks gone. And a lot of services are projecting another to be gone, whether it be Will Levis, whether it be Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, I I have a hard time buying in to the argument that Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are elite quarterbacks worthy of being taken in the first 15 picks. To me, if you're taking a quarterback, if you're taking anybody in the first 15, that had better be a cannot-miss guy. Right. It's very rare that you get to, you know, past 10, 12 to 15, and you're going, ah, do we have a first round grade on this guy, right? Typically, you're going to see a lot of draft scouts have 20 to 25 first round grades per year. Um, and for me, when I look at the quarterback play, I see Bryce Young as a playmaker, a guy who can make the throws, a guy who's going to make you miss, extend plays, keep his eyes downfield and then run if he needs to. And when he does, he can get loose. C.J. Stroud, it's well-documented. He struggled with pressure, but I think we actually saw him grow up as the playoffs went along. He made a lot of great throws, cannon of an arm. I think he's got a bright NFL future. For me, that next tier ends there. I think there are two can't-miss quarterbacks. 
you're going to see a lot of services rank Will Levis even as a top five prospect. And for me, I don't get it. When I watch him on film, he's got the height, he's got the weight, he's got the cannon arm. And I know Kentucky had a bad offensive line, but for me, he makes so many poor decisions. Mm. He threw 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions this year in a bad Kentucky offense. In almost every one of those interceptions, you kind of left scratching your head going, what were you seeing, right? And and this is anything from miscommunicating with the wide receiver on the route to just completely blanking on the coverage and throwing it into the Death Star of defenders. Sure, he's got all the tools, but I really question his playmaking ability, his ability to diagnose a defense and and, and be able to accurately deliver the football. Cannon of an arm. I know he can make those deep throws. The NFL isn't always one down the field. It's one at the short and intermediate level. And for me, I watched him make poor decision after poor decision against teams that did not have great defenses. I'm looking at you, Louisville. They just confused him Mm. at times this year. And so for me, I think he's a guy that absolutely could develop into an awesome quarterback. There's not much physically you have to do. Can you train him mentally? Can you get him to the point where the game's not too fast for him? For me, that's why I have I, I have Will as a second to third round quarterback tweener. Uh, depending on where who needs him, I, I could absolutely see him going at the beginning of the second round. But for me, if I'm the Houston Texans, for instance, a lot of mock drafts have him going to the Texans at two. I'm not touching him. Yeah, and it's I think it's always fascinating, especially at the quarterback position. It seems like every single year, I'll just call it big draft, draft Twitter, whoever you want to, you know, refer to these guys that really focus in on the NFL draft, maybe not necessarily following college football as closely as right. we do at our show. It's always fascinating to see who the pet cats are at quarterback mm-hmm. that just kind of by default end up in top 15 top 20 there's always a couple teams that seem to reach for a quarterback prospect too because they're desperate sure. and everybody's just trying to find who can be that next guy for them will levis is certainly one of those guys i think he's always been a gunslinger at kentucky yeah. like even his junior film which scouts were drooling over he still threw 13 interceptions throughout yeah. his junior year so he's always been a guy that is going to be kind of more of a gunslinger what do you think about anthony richardson though because i think he's the one to my untrained eye, at least, as a draft evaluator, that's the one I can't wrap my head around. I can talk myself into Will Levis mm-hmm. from having more tools and just more of an arm. I, I can't talk myself into Anthony Richardson being an NFL quarterback right now. He definitely has a little bit of a Malik Willis vibe to me where it's like, boy, if this guy could figure it out, oh my gosh, he'd be special, right? I mean, that's what they were saying about Malik Willis last year. Really bad college tape. When you turn it on, his mechanics were not good. His decision-making was not good. But, oh boy, he was an athlete who had a great arm. And when he kind of aligned everything, it was like the golf swing. When everything fell into place, you know, he flushed it, right? And and this is an all-pro at his ceiling. But I think what we saw this year was, again, the game moves too fast for him. He is not a trained quarterback in the way that, an NFL franchise like the Tennessee Titans kind of needed him to be if they were going to win and make the playoffs. And to the extent that you saw him get benched, 
down the stretch and they bring in Josh Dobbs, who is on the practice squad for the Detroit Lions. They bring him in for the final regular season game or final two regular season games and then let him start their playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's not all on Malik Willis. I, he wasn't a finished product when he was drafted out of college. So it's not fair to say, hey, we expected you to lead us to the promised land in year one. For Anthony Richardson, I think the hype is very similar where dude's got the tools. Dude is, I mean, we have him measured at six foot four, 232, right? I'm interested to see what he weighs at the combine, but just a freak athlete can make the throws. He's got a cannon for an arm. He needs to rein it in a little bit. Uh, Sometimes he has a hard time dropping that ball in the bucket, but we saw him make some really impressive throws this year and even throw for a lot of yards, 350, 400 yards at times this season, which was the knock on him coming into 2022. Um, He did not have an amazing offensive line and he played hurt for the majority of this year. So for me, for folks saying, oh, look at, Look at the tools. Look at when he was at his best. Look at what he was able to do. A top 15 pick. There's so many leaps in logic. And I feel like, Trey, like what you said earlier, there are guys who who, who look at and project forward with these players but don't necessarily watch them on a week-in, week-out basis in college from week to week. They'll, they'll throw on tape and go through the All-22, but they're not watching it in real time. And for me, it just... I don't know, man. I, I just don't feel like Anthony Richardson is he's top 15 worthy right now. Would I take him in the second round if he slid to me? Sure. If I need a quarterback, absolutely. Put that value on him. See if you can develop him because very similarly to Willis, if you can get it right, he could be really special. But for me, top 10, top 15 is reserved for locks, right? A guy that is going to come in is going to start for me for day one. I don't think Levis or Richardson, or even Hinden Hooker, who I actually have graded as my QB3, and we can talk about that if you want, but I don't think any of those guys is an NFL starter day one, so I I would not spend my premium draft capital on them if I was an NFL franchise. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, it's. I totally agree just from my perspective. He seems like a perfect guy to take if you're already happy with yeah. your current quarterback situation. Maybe like a Jordan Love to the Green yeah. Bay Packers a few years ago where you have an entrenched starter and obviously you want to communicate better than the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers, but yes. you know, taking him as more of a project guy that you can coach up and uh, be the next generation quarterback, that seems to make more sense for me with Richardson. You mentioned the next tier quarterback, so and I think Hendon Hooker is a really intriguing prospect, prospect to me alongside a couple of other guys that are kind of going to slip into the next few rounds. You look at your... I know Tanner McKee is just right yep. rocketing up draft boards out of Stanford. Yes, Aiden O'Connell is. out of Purdue, Jay Kaner out of Fresno State. And that doesn't even mention the two guys that played for a national championship this year and Max Duggan and Stetson Bennett. So yeah. what are we thinking about those next year, guys? I know you said Hinton Hooker's your QB three. Yeah. Talk me through what what his pros and cons are and then maybe that next few list of guys. I think the biggest well, the, the two biggest cons for Hinton Hooker are one age. He's an old man by NFL standards. He's 26. 
Uh, and then obviously he's rehabbing an injury, an ACL tear. So you're going to have a guy who, you know, you're not going to get to see work out at the combine. You're not going to get to see work out in the pre-draft process. You're purely going to have to go off of a really special year at Tennessee. Um, and for me, when I turn on the film, I watch his ability to throw the deep ball, to throw quick hitting routes, to move around in the pocket, to keep his eyes downfield. He's a more polished passer to me than Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Now, do those two guys have infinitely more tools at their disposal plus more years to develop? A hundred percent. So I don't really I don't really expect anybody to agree with me on where I've got Hendon Hooker ranked. And that's okay. This is my personal power ranking. That that is the order of quarterbacks that I would select them if I had control of all all NFL franchises, right? The next level of quarterback, Jake Hayner, Tanner McGee, Aiden O'Connell. I think Jake Hayner, and I've had a crush on that dude for a long time. I mean, he <laughs> he's not he's not your your kind of stereotypical quarterback size, right? He's not small. He's six foot two oh nine, um, but he's a gamer, man. He finds finds ways to win. I think the biggest knock on him, similar to Derek Carr coming out, is okay. You you did well at Fresno State, but you know you play a USC team that doesn't have. Um, that doesn't have a good defense and, and Hayner got hurt in that game, but did not look good before he went out with the injury, right? What can he do against that next level of, of competition? Can he, is, is the game going to be too fast for him at the NFL level? And that's a question that I don't know if we're going to be able to answer pre-draft process. I think he's got the it factor more than some of these other guys though. And that's why I've got him kind of ranked as that top of the third tier quarterbacks. Tanner McKee is a guy that I need to just study a little bit more. Now, he's got amazing size. He's 6'6", 228 pounds pre-combine. Very, very accurate passer. Very, very solid arm. But he didn't win. And that's that's my biggest reservation is kind of similar to Will Levis. Great, you got the tools. And a lot of folks have him as a first-round quarterback. I did a mock draft today for the Dallas Cowboys, which will be up on our, our YouTube channel at 3TechPod, Tanner McKee goes in the first round, and you're starting to see that be a very popular sentiment around the league that, hey, this kid could be the Bucks' next quarterback, right? The next uh, Tom Brady replacement. Again, I, I, on, on a measurable level, the Underwear Olympics, this guy's going to grade off the charts, but can he win? Didn't see it in college, right? Not, didn't exactly light up a really tough looking Pac-12 last year, and this year they they really struggled. I think they went four and eight. Uh, it's just not a good team out at Stanford. Now, whether that's skill, um, you know, pieces around him, I can't fully answer that right now. But I know a lot of people are really really high on him. I'm I'm going to be a slower adopter of that, right? I'm not going to be the the first wave to kind of accept the new technology. I'm going to let it play out a little bit and I'm going to go study some more film. And then if I need to reevaluate my draft rankings, I absolutely will. Aiden O'Connell, he's a guy that I think he needs a better offensive coordinator. I like Jeff Brom a lot, but the guy refused to run the freaking football. And at some point, like defenses were like, okay, we're going to rush three and we're going to drop everybody into coverage. Go beat us in zone coverage. And there were times when Aiden O'Connell was able to do that. And we joked about the O'Connell for Heisman campaign getting started. And, you know, then you start to have game winning drives or drives to tie up a ball game where 
the defense says you're not going to run. So we're going to drop everybody into coverage. And if he's not throwing to Chuck Bell, he's not completing passes. So I think O'Connell is another guy at 6'3, 212. Good, good bones. Um, but I'd like to see him, you know, as that third, fourth round quarterback that goes to a system where he can learn, develop, understand a system that's going to be more balanced, and then let's see what he can go do. Yeah, I think that's a great, great point on, you know, just needing a different offense that's going to put him in a better position where he doesn't have to throw the ball 50, 60 times a game yeah. to be successful. Um, let's go ahead and transition over to running back. It's a position that's often, I don't want to say looked over, but not valued as highly in the NFL draft. Since Saquon Barkley was drafted number two overall in 2017, I believe 2018, mm-hmm. um, I believe only four running backs have gone in the first round. We did not have one last year. So obviously Bijan Robinson is RB1. Do you think he goes in the first round? And if so, is there a preferred landing spot for you? Uh, Yeah. So again, shout out to the mock draft that I did today. He was there at 26 for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, my personal draft philosophy is do not take a first round running back. Uh, There is no reason to give that running back that fifth year to give him all that guaranteed money, you can statistically, you can more than likely find the same amount of production in the third, fourth round for much less money and much less draft capital than you would need to invest in the first round. That being said, Bijan Robinson is a freak. Um, he's going to be somebody's X factor next year. I do expect him to go in the first round. If I'm being honest, as a, as a Cowboys fan, I'm terrified he's going to Philly. Um, I think that would make their life absolute hell for the next five seasons. So I did end up taking Robinson in that, in that mock draft. Um, there's not many running backs that I look at and go, yeah, I, I would take him. Now I have Bijan Robinson graded as a top five talent in this draft. That doesn't mean I expect him to go in the top five, but he will be one of the top five players available on my board at 26 as you get to the end of the first round at some point you have to start doing some math and going okay we we have to take best player available and for me that was that was Bijan right so I do expect him to go in the first round I think Philly I think Dallas really really good potential landing spots teams that need RB1 heading into next season um I would be shocked if he slips out of the first round yeah, I would be too personally. I think he's the guy this year, and it seems like in the years past we've gotten the guy towards the end of the first round, even if it's a team that you know it's more of a luxury pick, mm-hmm. um, just picking up a running back. It also seems, though, what gives me cause for pause on where Bijan ultimately goes is it seems like this is a really deep class at running yeah. back this year, and it seems like there's a lot of value in the projected later rounds. Yep. You've got guys like Sean Tucker, Tank Bigsby, uh, Devon A. Chain out of Texas A&M, Zach Evans, um, you know, Chase Brown out of Illinois, Ty J. Spears, who we got to see in person back in January. Mm-hmm. So many just absolute stars at the position in college that seem like they have a lot of measurables or skills to translate to the next level. Am I wrong in that? Do I, is it just a normal year? Does it seem to you like there's more value this year? No, you're you're absolutely right. There's so much value up and down this draft board for running backs. You know, to to the point that I struggle and you know, the the rankings that I have, I've tweeted some of them out, certainly not final. I want to see Senior Bowl, I want to see Shrine Bowl tape. 
I don't even have Sean Tucker right now in my top 10 available options, wow. uh, which is wild to say. But yeah, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, kind of that. that yeah, second, didn't even mention those guys who right, were elite. Second, yeah. yeah, second, third round running back, I think is where you're going to see those guys go. Um, A-Chain is probably the third or the fourth round, depending on which team is really feeling plucky. A guy that's going to be an outside zone running you know, savior. I think a guy that when you can get him in space, which we didn't feel like the Aggies did a great job of this year, but when you can get him in space, the guy's going to make people miss at any level. He's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, yeah, even looking at a guy like Roshan Johnson, 6'1", 219, who is the second back at Texas, but he's so good, man. I mean, he's so stinking good. Uh, I've got, so my rankings are Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, Devin A. Chain, Tank Bigsby, Zach Evans from Ole Miss, Roshan Johnson, Ty J. Spears from Tulane, uh, Israel Abanaconda from Pitt, and then Kendra Miller are my top 10 right now. And, and then, like you said, Sean Tucker is kind of that 11, maybe 12 guy. There's so much value at the running back spot. And so for that reason, I'm kind of wondering if you, you see Bijan and, and Jameer Gibbs go off the board in the first or second round, do you see teams just hold off on running backs, right? And, and, and guys not go until the late third, fourth, fifth round. Because NFL teams are going, eh, well, we like five of these guys. All of them are still on the board. We're not going to be the ones to tip that first domino off, right? I think when you do see running backs go, it's going to be in a run. My question is just who starts that run and when do they do it? For me, I think it's going to be late day two. I don't want to say even early day three. It could be middle of day three, right? That late fourth, early fifth round where... There's just so much value on the board. Teams are still chasing edge rushers or corners or tackles, trying to shore up kind of the interior of their franchise rather than taking what most teams consider a luxury pick. Yeah, and it is considered a luxury pick just because the shelf life is so short. And I know a ton of teams have gotten on board with the late round running back strategy. There's going to be guys that go in the sixth and seventh round. We saw it with Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. Out of Rutgers last year, goes in the seventh round, and he's a game breaker in the AFC Championship game this year. So you're going to find talent at that position. You're going to be able to find it late. There's going to be guys that even go undrafted that we sure. look at and say, "How the heck did a team not use a draft pick on that guy?" It's because there's just a plethora of talented guys coming out this year, and yeah, there's just not enough draft picks to go around. But Mitch, as you kind of just give your overall thoughts on. I guess just what your next step is in draft prep. Where do you want to take this these segments for three tech? Yeah, I think you know doing these kind of midweek uh, draft evaluations, right? Looking at at my board. Obviously, so much of it is subjective to how quickly I can I can put things together. I think we'll continue to break down positions. So you know, obviously, I, I've got still left. We've got wide receiver and tight end. We've got tackle and interior line on the offense. Then defensively, I just finished my board uh, top 10 rankings for edge rusher, for interior defensive line, linebacker, corner, and safety. So at some point, you know, we've got a long way until April. Um, You know, we'll continue to break these down. We'll go through some mock drafts on the YouTube channel, which will be YouTube exclusive. And then as we get into my personal mock drafts as well, I think, uh, you know, having a good exercise of, of walking through those will be a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. I can't wait to get uh, just keep breaking down these prospects and 
look, the NFL draft is right around the corner. It's going to be fa- fascinating to see where some of our favorite players end up and just how those careers take off. Uh, Mitch, till next time, it's been great, my friend, and we will do this again very, very soon. Yeah, sounds good, Trey.